thank you for joining me today. I have uh, Tiffany Mayberry on the Life Pro podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's such an honor. It's nice to see you here, Omid. Likewise. Uh, today, our topic is going to be a suppression of feelings and how they affect our lives. Um, I'd love, why don't you start out by telling everybody about your journey, your life's journey? Yeah. So um, you and I met back in the day in Venice Beach, California. And a big part of my story is growing up fourth generation Hollywood, um, meaning that I grew up as the fourth generation to live and partake in the industry in some capacity. My great grandma did movies until our 90s. My grandpa introduced Sammy Davis Jr. to the Rat Pack. My brother was on a well-known reality TV show. My uncle was a drummer for sub drummer for the birds and worked with Frank Zappa. And then I got to work in the hair industry and uh, worked as a celebrity hairdresser for some time. So I had a really interesting journey. And then because of coming from that background, I actually saw the impacts of how it affected my family. And I lost my mom by the time I was 23 to her addiction to pharmaceutical opiates. It was pretty under the radar, but it, um, it was ultimately what led to her heart failure. So I, I learned very early quite a few lessons. Um, but after she passed away, I decided I was going to move away and become a doctor of natural medicine. I had no idea what that meant. It's just a um, awakening I had per se. And ultimately what I recognized was that there was something that was going on in the culture that I grew up in that was really leading to the propensity to have alcoholism or addiction. And I knew that I needed to get out of the environment to understand what I needed to heal about it because it took out my whole family. And so for the last 15 years, I've spent somewhere near like 10,000 hours studying healing medicine, guiding and spirituality to figure out what the root of healing looks like. And I feel that after the time and energy I've spent in that realm, I've gotten a pretty good, clear idea on what that looks like for people. So that's a little bit about my journey. Right. So what what are you doing specifically these days to, you know, as, as far as a job? What's your passion? What are you working on? What keeps you yeah. busy these days? Yeah, thank you for asking. So right now I am about five months, six months from graduating with my master's in acupuncture. And once I take my, my boards, I'll be an LAC, which is a licensed acupuncturist. I have four years of naturopathic medicine under my belt as well. And I decided after four years that um, I do not want to pursue being a doctor, which is interesting. And instead, what I've focused on and what my main job is right now is coaching. And so I've been a life coach and I've been doing that for the last year successfully. And I would say of all the things that I do, I love healing, but coaching has become a really big passion of mine. Fantastic. So you mentioned your mom and that's, that's something that you and I have in common. Uh, about three years ago, uh, I lost my mom uh, unexpectedly. Uh, she, you know, she, we always grew up with, you know, she always had heart issues and we always, grew up like dealing with that. And that was always a fear. Um, she went into elective heart surgery uh, to replace a valve and just never came out of the hospital. And uh, as you described, that was 
pretty traumatic for myself and for my family and really, you know, changed the trajectory of, of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was the first time I really had to deal with such deep emotions and had to deal with um, such a, such a grave experience and nothing that I could ever put into words. It was, it was just a moment that really was so difficult on me. I, I, the first month after she passed away, I was just in bed. I, I couldn't do anything. Um, I was grateful. I had a good supporting system. I had a lot of friends and family. And at first, communicating about my feelings was pretty easy. You know, I, I was crying all the time. But at, you get to a certain point where, you know, you just you don't want to burden people with your feelings and you just kind of want to cope with them. Uh, obviously, I went through therapy and did a lot of things to kind of make sure that I'm communicating. But at some point, you start suppressing feelings. So I know that that's um, something that we're talking about today is suppression on feelings, whether it's it's a lost loved one or a relationship, which I know that you've had a experience with. So if you can talk to us a little bit more about what do you recommend for people that have gone through similar situations of, you know, pretty life-changing moments, whether it's changing, you know, losing a loved one, changing jobs, uh, dealing with a breakup, which I know that recently you've, you've kind of dealt with and, and, and are helping other people towards. So I'd love to hear more about your you know, advice for people out there. Yeah. So one, just how shocking it is to not know the outcome of like, this surgery and to just be slapped in the face with it. I just want to acknowledge you for one, speaking to that, especially as a masculine appearing person, um, to express and talk about that, that already shows that you've done a lot of work. And I think that is a testament to understanding the depth of how much this can affect us. Uh, it sounds like it really hit you pretty heavily. And some of those responses that we have, to loss are very deeply rooted in our history growing up. So when I lost my mom, uh, I was 23 and I was medicating, self-medicating in the worst, not the worst way, but in a very unhealthy way, which for me was going out and drinking. My brother was on a TV show. I got to hang out with celebrities. I got to go to the Hollywood Hills parties and rub elbows with A-list celebrities. So I thought my life was like, you know, that was it. Like that was the peak experience that you can go for in Hollywood at that age. And so for the first little bit, um, there was a spiritual acceptance. The timing of her death was on 11-2-2011. And I have an affinity for numbers, specifically 11-22. So when I recognized that, I was like, okay, it was time. And unlike your experience, my, my entire life, she was slowly dying and it was a matter of when and nothing anyone could do or say was going to change her trajectory, even though internally and subconsciously, even to this day, you could say that it still heavily affects me in the way that it has really directed the path that I've chosen in the way that I try to help people heal essentially at the end of the day. And specifically, I work with women more intentionally to address that wounded feminine, as I call it. And so I was in a rough place for probably about six months as well. I took three months off of my undergrad and then got right back into school, 
didn't really give myself a break except for the integrated summers for about 10 years. So I actually just put myself into working and, and becoming really intelligent and developing my value because if I was good enough, things would be different in my future is the story that I had in my head. But six months after she passed, I was at Coachella of all places and I had an awakening that was um, ignited from what I was seeing amongst the crowd. And there was some interesting things going on that some people would call a little woo-woo, but it, it did seem like there was some subliminal hypnotic messaging happening and something that I had just studied in communications and anthropology, psychology. And I just saw some weird things that I was like, ooh, this is not good. And it was, it was it, um, encouraging this really low vibrational way of living. And I just knew if I stay here, I'm going to get sucked into this and I need to leave. And so I got this message that I needed to go pursue natural medicine, become a doctor of natural medicine, and really kind of take back all the layers of all of the aspects of myself that developed in this environment that I'd grown up in. And so I moved into a hippie commune, lived there for three years, lived off of the earth. I had chickens and cows and dancing horses and like a whole community of people and really just allowed myself to unravel per se while finishing up my bachelor's at UC Santa Cruz. Um, but what I recognized was healing is a very non-linear experience. And I thought healing was going to be in food. I thought it was going to be in yoga, in the right supplements, in spirituality. I tried every which way and then eventually got into Chinese medicine and to naturopathic medicine. And what I recognized after working with hundreds of patients was that the healing had something to do with more than the medicine itself, more than the doctor. And what I felt was missing in my experience was that the patients often expected the healing to come from outside themselves. Right. And, and really, when you're experiencing all of those emotions, especially, the work is, is on the inside. And so learning what that even means, and even the fact that I got to that point is kind of an interesting story. We were talking at one of our Chinese medicine retreats with my colleagues about, you know, woo-woo things and out-of-body experiences. And we went into the depth of what that looks like. I come home a few days later, I'm in this in-between state that we were just talking about. And I was like, oh my God, I'm here. I'm in the in-between state where I can do the out-of-body thing. And so I woke up, I was raised Christian. Um, so I woke up and I was like, God, like out loud. So I woke up and was like, God, almost like a child would be like, mom, dad. And was like, God, like, come with me. I'm going to go in. Wow. And so, yeah, it was a real interesting thing. So weird. And then I like went back to sleep. I thought I was trying to. And then I was like, dang it, it's not happening. And just as I was thinking that I came out of my body mm. and I was like, oh my God, I'm doing the thing. And I float to the top of my bed and my arms reached out almost like, you know, like I'm a cross, which is a, maybe a little uh, sacrilegious, but forgive me. <laughs> I'm like at the top of my bed 
And I'm just like, this is weird. And then this really big voice, not that I would feel it was God. If you ask me, I think it was Archangel Michael. I know this is woo-woo for some folks. This is the first time I'd had this experience. So it's not like a common thing for me. And it was like, Tiffany, listen, please, please, please. Healing comes from within. And then my body started doing this really interesting, like Kundalini activation. And again, didn't know what was happening. And then I was like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough for me. I went back to my body, woke up instantly, told my friends like, I did it. I did the thing we just talked about. And here's the message I learned. And I actually didn't even know what that meant. And I kept trying to figure out what it meant for years. And I don't think it was until I had to, life just happened. It was a divine intervention, if you ask me, but so many things lined up to where I had to take a year leave of absence from med school. I'd been in school for that full 10 years. And I took a year leave. I moved to Costa Rica and the first three to six months, I was just angry. And I, I didn't even understand where it was coming from. And then I actually got to another low and I I've experienced a lot of depression, anxiety, PTSD, ADHD, all the diagnoses. I actually don't really believe in diagnoses, but it paints a picture of what we can understand is going on with the person. Right. And I hit a new low after like a 10 day fling with someone that was my twin flame using all the buzzwords here. (laughs) And I just like hit this dark moment where I was like, damn it, Tiffany, we're here again. We're done. Like we need to figure out what this is and it has to be shadow work. And it was one of, one of those things where I just knew what it was, but I didn't understand why or how I knew that was what I needed to do. I just knew I needed to do it. And as I would learn from that point on going into the parts of ourselves, the emotions, the experiences, the wishes and desires that went unmet, going into it is the medicine. And we have been convinced that the medicine is in trying to placate people and pacify their experiences and make it to where they don't have to experience it. And that's the exact opposite of what I believe in. So I now like to work with people of, okay, that, that thing that you just pulled yourself away from, for instance, a client last night, trying to get her into breathing and into her body. It was hard for her to keep her eyes closed because going into the body, into the darkness, into the feeling, into the feminine was something she resisted because her safe place was being out here in the active, activated masculine, very forward, very expressive, very, you know, whatever it means to not go into the feeling and to more so move into distractions. And so I think a lot of us, rather than express and experience the experiences and the feelings, we suppress them. And that's something that we do differently um, depending on what your upbringing looked like. Yeah, no, I mean, I had the same experience after my mom's passing. Once I was able to start accepting the situation, you know, I, suppressed my feelings by just keeping myself busy. I took on projects. I was doing everything I could to distract myself from having to feel those feelings. And it got to a point where the weight of the world just kind of comes onto you at some point and you break. And that's when you have your moment where you realize, okay, I need to deal with it. Um, 
so speaking further on how to heal within is it about communication is it about expression specifically how do you get people to heal within yeah it is a journey and i do believe in holistic approaches so i think having an integrative team is really supportive i'm biased and i am going to say that having a coach is really supportive therapy is wonderful if you want to understand who you've been and how you came to being this person yeah. And coaching is really good for your like, okay, I recognize that I have these challenges and I want to move past them towards something. Right. So depending on where you're at in that process, judging for yourself, what is um, helpful. I think that we can do a lot of work on our own through self-help books, podcasts, shows, etc. And there is a point where I think that you can exhaust that channel in yep. and cost the supplements and the nutrition and all of the outside things that you can do. And at some point it's nice to have someone who can facilitate yep. the space for you to be guided into your own experience and catch you in the blind spots we have, for instance, with that client yesterday where she had a hard time going into her body. I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to bring some awareness to you're having a hard time going into the body. Oh yeah, that's been a thing, but like it gets to be held accountable. So having a space where you can be held accountable to go into those spaces is really helpful. And I think that builds the foundation for you to be able to communicate. For instance, right before we talked today, I'm starting to date someone new and we're very fresh, very fresh, not even official anything, but we're contemplating what it could look like months out from now. And we had our first little mini argument and it was a moment where historically, and it wasn't even an argument. It was just like a, a challenging, yeah, a challenging conversation where we're both in the same world of coaching and he started a group and didn't invite me, but because he was trying to be professional about it and didn't want to like, didn't want to yeah. have, you know, uh, conflated, like energetic to yeah. the space. And we were still really new. He started this a month ago when we were just starting to talk. But I'm a triple Leo. I get really offended when people don't include <laughs> me, when I don't get to be like a part of, you know, yeah. the the tribe. And um, and so traditionally I would have been like, oh, okay, shut down, remove myself, be a little avoidant, figure out my feelings and then come back when I had an idea of what was going on, which is still an okay approach. But through the work that I've done, I was able to speak to it in a way where this communication and expression part does come to play of, hey, I'm, I'm noticing this doesn't feel really good for me. Okay, and then we were able to discuss like, why doesn't it feel good? Where is that coming from? I have this history that tells me that I'm too much, but not enough. And when this happens, this is what I feel and I like using the NVC model. When I when this happened, I felt this because I feared this. Right. And what I'm really needing is this. Here's my request. And so this is a really lovely tool for the listeners to use. Anytime that there's something that happens in a dynamic between people to try and converse and express about what is a challenge for them in, in the dynamic. Um, and it also gives you like a really 
approachable formula that allows the other person to understand where you're coming from instead of you did this and you made me this. It's like, hey, can we explore that? And because we're both people that have done a lot of this work, it actually ended up being a really healing conversation, which was like, okay, I'm supported, I'm safe, I'm secure. And these are not the same stories I got growing up. So I'm I'm building new patterns and behavior and stories about who I am, who I am in relationship and who other people are. So I do believe that coaching therapy is a, or coaching or therapy is really helpful I will say I did about 30 years of therapy and I've done more healing and more growth in the last year from coaching than I've done from, um, any of that. What, what advice do you give people on obviously picking the right coach or the right therapist? uh, Because, you know, you might be a great fit for some, somebody and not so great for another. How do you, how does somebody build that relationship and and find the right, make the right decision when it comes to therapy or coaching? Right. I say it's good to date your therapist or coach in a way of um, getting to know them if that's possible. Seeing, I know some of my clients have like dated their therapist in a way of like, I'm going to try three sessions, see if it feels like a good match. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, is right now, honestly, the mental health industry is booming. And I am taking a course right now by Yale called the science of well-being and antidepressants have gone up. The prescription of them has gone up 400 times in the last 20, 20 years. Yeah. That's insane. Um, so there's a big growth of people who are struggling with their emotions for sure. So I think it's important if you can get in and getting to know them, dating your therapist. Social media really is a powerful tool. I know it's very new age and modern. You're going to miss some of the older, you know, uh, wiser therapists that have been around for decades. And there's some really great ones out there. But I do believe if you can find a coach or a therapist on social media and get to kind of date them from afar by the way you get to observe what their ideas about things are and what their values are, what their practices are. I do think there's some foundational questions. If you can just have 10, 15 minutes with a coach or a therapist you're considering of why do you do what you're doing? What is your spiritual discipline or what is your background and belief about this? What are your approaches? Who's your ideal client? and getting clear on what their niche or niche, I never know how to say that, um, for that person is, and feeling if there is a value alignment. Uh, I know with a client last night, that was one of the things that she really expressed enjoying about our sessions is that we just share so many similar values that there's a strong connection there. And rather than regurgitating all of the experiences she's gone through, there's like purpose and meaning. And it's like 10% of what we do. It's like, yes, there's the story. How do we transform that and transmute it into this power and this beauty and this gift that is you? Yeah. I would. I would and, and, and how long do you think on average it takes to break through to your clients? Like how many sessions does it take? 
Uh, I would imagine it's different, but uh, just to give people an idea of like, it's an investment and it's investment of your time to be able to grow and, and, and it's a process. So maybe if you can give idea, give an idea to people out there, like what, what's this process? How is this a lifelong thing? Or, you know, they'll start seeing a return on their investments yeah. soon. Yeah. I would say, and I have high standards. I would say if you have a good coach on your disco call or discovery call, you will notice something big within the first call. Right. If you're not feeling a big shift or a big aha or like a strong yes internally, it's a no. Right. And a lot of my that colleagues, makes... we like to say, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and for like bigger transformational things, I would say you're going to notice a great shift in three months, but I've seen like full transformations in six months. And that's also the difference between coaching and therapy is that there's like a goal in sight. Right. And you bring actual things to the the table that you're like, I want to conquer this, this, and the other thing. Right. And that's what the coach's job is to do is to like, all right, let's get past these hurdles and move you toward a life that dismantles the power these things have had over you. Yeah. So beautiful wild woman. First of all, I want to know how you came up with that name. And second of all, tell us about it. Tell us about what it is and what it stands for. Yes. Beautiful Wild Woman. And so many of these things are very trendy that I speak to. And I just want to acknowledge that because I see it. I know it. And it, it's part of the thing. Um, it was Lionsgate. And I was in Costa Rica. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Lion's Gate is August 8th for anyone who doesn't know. It's like the infinity signs, you know, 88. Um, right. And I was born in 88, so it's like extra special. I was also supposed to be born on 8888, but I was. Wow. I know. But I was born on 81188. So dating myself a little bit here. But um, so it was a special day, and I was doing a ecstatic dance cacao ceremony type of Lionsgate event with some colleagues in this very beautiful property. Um, Kiva, I believe is the name of it. And I was at the pool and I was journaling, just reflecting on like what I was bringing into my new year of life. So um, I was journaling by the pool and I was setting intentions and like beautiful. And I was like, I am beautiful, wild, I am wild, woman, I am woman. And it just became this little mantra that just, again, I get these downloads and I was like, beautiful wild woman. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew to make an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like This is something coming through and it's going to be powerful and it's going to be beautiful. I had no idea really what it meant. And then fast forward a year later, I recognized it was actually every stage of my journey through my transformation of, as you know, I yeah. was a hairdresser. So cosmetology, 18 years. So that's the beauty aspect and learning what that means on a holistic level. Then there's the wild aspect. I went and lived in a commune. I lived off the earth. I started getting in touch with my indigenous roots. And I also learned a lot about natural medicine and natural healing and getting in touch with the energetics of life. Yeah. And then woman, I got my bachelor's in femme studies and I... I agree with many things and I have my own thoughts about other things, but in the last 
five years specifically, I've really deepened my relationship to the feminine. And that has become like a cornerstone of what I do now. And according to an astrologer I have, she's amazing, Carol Ferris. I highly recommend her. She's she's an elder and she's like who all the masters go to. She's like, she's amazing. But she gave me wisdom three years ago that was like, you have experienced a woundedness that happened from a young age of your safe space being broken. And this is the cornerstone of the work that you will do for the entirety of your life. And I, for some of the readers, it might be a little hard trigger warning, sexual harassment or molestation, but I was told that I was molested by the time I was two years old. Wow. And there was things that happened until I was eight years old and it continued and it wasn't addressed. And even when I spoke to it, it wasn't taken seriously. So that actually the wounded feminine became the cornerstone of what beautiful wild woman is. So I work with the wounded feminine and transform them into the empowered, embodied divine feminine, because ultimately I want to help restore the spiritual balance between the masculine and the feminine. And I think if we're going to look at the toxic masculine, which is the wounded masculine, if you ask me, we need to look at what contains and holds the space for that, which is the wounded feminine. And we could even say toxic feminine, and that's where I'll upset some feminists here. But that can be another conversation we can have. (laughs) And I think it's great to take accountability for our side of the deal. And so if we can, who can hold the toxic masculine and and wounded masculine, but the wounded toxic feminine. So my idea is to help take accountability and help the feminine become that empowered, most authentic, true express self. That's pretty amazing. So if you could teach one thing to everybody listening, if they could take away just one thing out of this talk that we've had, what would that be? The one thing, bringing curiosity to your experiences and your feelings. Some of us shame and guilt and damn ourselves for the experiences and feelings that we're having. And you actually can't heal in that space of being like, oh, why am I like this? What is really helpful is bringing curiosity, loving, open, non-judgment to whatever you're experiencing, moving it through the body. So if it's anger, getting a pool noodle, hitting your bed and just expressing the anger. Did this with a client of mine last night, a different client. And after she moved some of this energy, what came through was the real deep reason of where that anger came from, which was sadness about the relationship with her mom. And so trusting that these emotions are energy in motion and we we can welcome them, give them a seat at the table and say, hey, what do you need? A pool noodle? You need to cry, yeah. whatever it is, I'm here with you. I love you. And I'm just going to be with you in this space and not judge anything about it. Right. And that that is self-love. So outside, outside of coaching and therapy, what is one thing that people can do to you know, peel the onion and get really down into their emotions, maybe, you know, help them take a step back and, and recognize and how they're feeling and let those emotions out. Yeah, I think a, a sweet exercise is the four, four, six, two breath. And I say, put a hand over your heart, hand over your belly. The top hand is loving nurturance. The bottom hand is loving safety and breathing in through the nose for four counts holding at the top for four counts, breathing out through the mouth for six, 
folding at the bottom. And what that does is it calms down the nervous system. And I, I would just bring back that curiosity to the experiences that you're having, because I think having that curiosity, it, it leaks into all of the relationships that we have. And when we get to feel that loving non-judgment for ourselves, we can start to begin to open up and share that with the loved ones we have and let them know what's going on for us and bringing that loving, curious non-judgment to them as well. And being like, Hey, I'm, I'm experiencing some of this. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I'm moving through it. And I just wanted to let you know, this is what's supportive. And I, it, it all stems from the curious, loving non-judgment. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. So, uh, you know, you talked about a lot of your influences, you know, podcasts, reading, networking, talking to people, uh, reading books, I think is, is so amazing, like to be able to capture somebody's life experience in a book, and to to the knowledge that can be attained from that. And, I, you know, uh, that's one thing that I'm working on myself is reading as much as I can, I'm trying to finish a book a week. Um, what is one book that had a big impact on your life and one book that you think everybody should read? Big impact on my life. Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. Um, and he has another one. I have so many books, but Mastery of Love, that was an interesting one as well. They both just get to the core of our truth from Toltec wisdom, which is a little bit more indigenous. Yeah. And I think it makes things so simple and straightforward that it's easily applicable and it helped me move out of some of that judgment like always do your best you know yeah. it's really it's, and take nothing personal right. and so these simple principles where it's like oh if you just apply that to so many things it takes away the responsibility and the weight of them and then celestine prophecy by james redfield um, that one is just wonderful for anyone who's progressed a little bit into their spiritual journey and wants to see the applicable fictional story that's based on probably real um, principles of what this actually looks like in practice. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Great. That's fantastic. And, you know, I really thank you for your time and your story is so fascinating and all the things that you're working on. Uh, very impressive. And, you know, just like you, I, I want to be able to help other people and, and improve their lives. And, you know, I think that if we all come together, we can all live a better life. Um, I'm going to leave you with one last question. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Yes. Instagram. That's my favorite place. Uh, get to know me. You'll see my reels. I'll tell you exactly what I think. Um, you'll see my cats. So if you like cats, you're in for a treat. And that is Tiffany Mayberry, T-I-F-A-N-I-E-M-A-Y-B-E-R-R-Y. One F, no Y, I-E, uh, like the month and the fruit, Mayberry. So that's probably the best way. Currently, I only have a wait list for one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, I am doing a course on conscious breakups uh, in probably February. So we'll see that's what works on the timeline that sounds like another great topic for another show <laughs> thank you so much for your time yeah i had so much fun doing this and you, there's so much enlightenment from this 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 last 30 minutes of talking to you and i, I really appreciate your time i had a lot of fun and let's let's keep things going thank you i'm receiving that and just feeling so much gratitude for you and so excited for your journey as well so thank you very much i appreciate you Amit.
Likewise. Thank you so much.